Tide Talks podcast. Hey, hey, you know what? What? We're in damn lounge chairs today. That's right. That's right. This is like um, a fancy, I don't know, public access talk show um, yeah. where we're sitting in nice chairs and I'm wearing my ascot, of course. Of course. Um, I, I know. I would have dressed more appropriately if I'd known. It's very, like, we're normally at a table. I know folks can't see us. I've figured that part out. Um, <laughs> but we're usually at a table, so it's a little, like, meeting-ish. But today feels very, ca- it feels very podcasty. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, you can call me Peter Bogdanovich. Oh, wow. Because I'm just, um, you know, going to lounge in this chair and opine on the subjects of the day. And if it were, if we had an audience, I would just kind of turn to them and look. Just look out at them. You just make, like inside the actor studio. Like what? What is this guy saying? Like in response to things that yes. I say? Yeah. Just okay. like look at them with a heavy expression. Just like this. This fucking guy. Yeah. Can you, you believe it? Unfortunately, you can't see my facial expressions. But well, trust me, but it's podcasty. We are in the tentative planning stages of doing another live oh, show. That's true. Yeah. At the festival this year, yeah. and then you can actually see my face. And I, I plan to turn to everybody with a blank stare, and and take. Long pauses for silence. You won't be able to see my face, though. I'll be wearing a paper bag. Oh, because you're not famous anymore. I'm. I'm not famous anymore. Wow. <laughs> anyway, this is enough. We. This is enough intro. I think. Let's. Let's start talking about dim movies. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. Well, it's time for a five-minute fight. Five-minute fight. Hey, Brad, go ahead and start the timer. What are we fighting about, Corey? We're fighting about a Sidewalk Film Festival alum. Uh, one of the more, I think, controversial selections sure. of, of sure. the past decade or so. Um, it's called The Greasy Strangler. It's a, a an absurdist, disgusting, low-budget comedy. Yep. And that word comedy is going to um, vary, I think, in uh, how it applies to this movie from person to person. This was on your top 200 films of all time. I love now, it. I got nothing against The Greasy Strangler necessarily. It's not a movie I enjoyed. So my uh, take on this fight is mainly top 200 films of all time. Oh, see, that's what not fair. That's is not fair. wrong with you? <laughs> First of all, I mean, okay, so all of a sudden I'm on the defensive. That's not fair. Well, you this are sh- taking the defensive tack on no, this fight. No, but I'm just saying, like, this is not, this is this is supposed to be, we fight about films that we disagree on, not like, like defend your yourself, taste. explain yourself. Okay, fair What's enough. psychologically wrong with you? Fair enough. We don't have to take that tack then, but okay. explain why you okay. like this movie, because I really don't very much. Well, first of all, I one thing I love about this film is that during the process of booking it, myself and the distributor that I'm working with and everybody else on staff just began to refer to the film as Greasy, uh-huh. which I, is one of my favorite like shortenings of a film title ever. <laughs> it's just like, is that one Greasy plays? Yeah, that's one Greasy plays. Okay, so I will, in my defense, I might have a bit... I might have a bit of a, a soft spot in my heart for this film because in the intro, as I believe you are fully aware, yeah. in the intro, we passed out Captain D's sandwiches. Captain D's, if you'd like to sponsor us, despite the fact that we did this, um, we'd love to take uh, you know, $50, $60 or gift certificates uh, will also work. Um, and we will mention you time and time again on the podcast. But no, we passed out uh, you know fish sandwiches from Captain D's prior to the start of the film. And so that's one of the reasons why I think I have a, a, a place in my heart for it, because that was a lot of fun and it lended itself to a special event. And boy, 
oh boy, was it uh, was it great to see people run run to the stage to get their hands on a <laughs> of uh, a fish sandwich from Captain D's. Well, you certainly knew your audience of likely stoned audience goers oh, for sure. The best is it, it it's like that thing where when a teacher, as we both know, ask a question and it takes a minute for that first hand to raise, but then you get more hands. Yeah, like yeah, a Q and yeah. A, right? You get more hands, and it did take a, a a second. And that whole you know things that Candace says in a movie. I will say Candace Murdoch was one of the first people to stand up in the audience and walk towards the stage, which um, I appreciate. Anyway, just a little a little hello to Candace. This there this for five that. minute fight has gone as far off the rails as the movie itself. Well, I I I think it's more about why don't you like this film? I actually think it's really funny. I know you're going to say you don't, but humor can be a matter of taste. This is definitely a gross out, yeah. stupid humor. Um, strange humor and at times inappropriate humor, but I tend to like those things. So I think it's really funny. I think it's really unique, and, re- unique and creative. I think that uh, they they have developed, and I use that word and and a with a little bit of a um, I don't know the smile. Uh, they've developed some interesting characters. And yeah. I just don't know what it is that I, 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 what I will give you is this is a give it this is a take it or leave it kind of movie. Yes, I but think. But why so. it would why you would want to I, I don't know why you'd want to argue this one I don't get. It's it's really funny. It's really interesting. It's really unique. It's really different. It's really creative. It's really fun in a dark ass way. Here's my issue with it. Okay, I love this type of humor. Usually. Okay. But I think I love this type of humor more in sketch format, not feature film format. Because okay. in feature film format, um, it tends to stretch on well past its expiration date. And I think that's what The Greasy Strangler did for me. I like this movie conceptually, but watching it was kind of like nails on a chalkboard for me for whatever reason. Oh. Yeah, um, I didn't have that experience. And it dragged on and on and on. I mean... I, I know that we another movie that Sidewalk programmed in recent years, Lemon, is kind of like that for people. But I love that one. I right. Lemon works for me um, for whatever reason, uh, and and this one just doesn't work. I mean, and so neither does the um, the director's follow up film, which I think is called An Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn, which is an attempt to make this type of humor more narrative in structure. That one didn't really work for me either. All in all, I mean, it's just kind of a weird mix of of gross out stuff and like Napoleon Dynamite style oddity. And mm, I think that's unfair. Mm. I don't think I'd call it Napoleon Dynamite style oddity. I don't think it's necessarily the other end of the spectrum, but I think it's it's it feels very very different and much much darker and in the muck than it is darker. Napoleon Dynamite. I'll, I'll so the that. tone feels very different. Um, but the the sort of hmm, that's interesting. Okay. Well, that's the greasy strangler. We everybody. mostly talked about handing out fish sandwiches, and you know that Look, I think that's that kind of like, kind of apropos. If I lose this fight because a couple years ago you handed out fish sandwiches at a screening of this I was movie, strategic and mentioned. I that. mean, I think that's I think that's fair. Honestly, I do. Yeah. I think that's fair, and and I'm curious to hear what our listenership um, thinks of the greasy strangler. Uh, so everybody, go out and watch it and, and let us and know. Get back to us. I think the the thing is, I think the people who like this film like it so much yeah. that they will create additional email accounts to email from in support of my point of view. Well, somebody ought to. Because I do think people who like this film don't necessarily have a lot of scruples. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm putting myself in that camp as well. I, I also, can I just say really quickly, because I did burn up some time there. Please. I do think that the special effects are really fun and strange in this thing and, and well done. And I don't I don't want to call them good because they're kind of intentionally bad, but I think they're really, they're fucking weird and, and enjoyable. Well, 
I can't argue with that. Okay. Anyway, Brad, we'll, uh, you know, Sam's out of town, so Brad's going to weigh in for us and let us know who won this thing. All right, the Greasy Strangler. First of all, disgusting name. I'm a very visual person as far as when I hear people say things or describe things. Don't like it. Don't like it one bit. I'm not going to let that influence the mediation of this five-minute fight. So first of all, I'm going to give Corey half a million points, 500,000 bones for the argument or the observation that this might have worked better as uh, a series of, of short bits, uh, sketch style. Because that's a lot, a lot of craziness and strange humor and gross out and weird for being the sake of weird for a full-length movie. But I'm also going to give Rachel a million points because for whatever reason, and it doesn't even, I mean, oh, this is so subjective, but anything that kind of goes for it like that, even if it misses the mark in some ways, I'm always going to be a fan of that. So one million points to Rachel. Sorry, Corey. And I've been waiting to say this for a very long time. But Rachel wins. Bye. And now, fast film terms. That was very fast. So fast, I could barely even knew it was happening. This is fast film terms. Fast and it's film terms. Pride Month. That's right. It's gay time. It is the time when all of us gays come out and we force our agenda down everybody's throats. And, you know, do things like make people look at T-shirts in Old Navy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Outrageous. So, I'm bringing you a Pride Week special edition. Well, kind of. Only 50% of it is. But okay. Pride Week special. Pride Week special edition <laughs> Did, of it, was that the, Film Terms. Was that the Pride Piper <laughs> yes, playing his pipe? Yes. And the best is if I've done this before, which I may have, it's going to really backfire. But we'll just say a very special Pride term. Um, and that is bisexual lighting. Uh, well, what the I've, hell is bisexual lighting, Corey? I, I have heard of this in recent uh, months due to the popularity of the HBO series Euphoria. Right. And everybody using this on Instagram. Isn't it usually two-toned, like very contrasting lighting, usually red and blue? You kind of got it. You kind of got okay. it. Um, but, you know, you got to get a little bit more on that LGBTQ plus to okay, get forgive it totally me. Forgive right. Me. You're forgiven. Um, you know, you're, you're in a you're in a, a heteronormative marriage, so we're going to forgive you <laughs> for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so here's what it is: it is the simultaneous use of pink, purple, and blue lighting. Okay. To represent a bisexual character. Specifically. Specifically. Oh, right now, okay. there is some controversy about whether or not this is actually a thing that exists, but certainly there are some great examples of this, which I'm sure you can, you know, think of Neon Demon. Sure. Uh, clearly, Atomic Blonde. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the big ones. Riverdale. Episodic uses it too. Yeah. There's been some use of it on Riverdale. Riverdale is very intensely colored and lit, so that doesn't surprise me. And Swifties, hang on to your hats. There has been some question about whether or not Taylor Swift has used this in the you know on her Lover album. Now. Would it be because it signifies something, or would it be because it is a very sort of popular way of lighting people now? Or pr three pretty colors, right? Right. Mama, only Mama Tay knows. Sure. And Mama Tay will let Swifties 
Mama Tay will let us know when the time is right. I guess we all just have to sit we back and wait. We will find out. Yes. I did. Ha- I did. You'll love this. I did. Um, and this is fast film terms is really dragging on. But again, it's that pride edition. And, you know, I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> that, that gay stuff. Uh, my mom called me. I like following up that with my mom called me. My mom called me once and said, mm, they're talking on the Reddit boards about how Taylor Swift's new album is going to be a coming out album. Anyway, it was one of my favorites. That, that didn't end up happening as far <laughs> yeah, well, as I know. We're still waiting. No, sure. this was not that long ago my mom said this. Like, as in, you know, it's going to be folklore evermore and then And then the coming out more. album of, yeah, I, don't of know. I, I live in a cabin <laughs> and I wear a lot of flannel and now this is the natural evolution from there. Oh, oh, watch out. You're about to get canceled. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, anything that nobody else has said. Um, Mama Tay, let us know when you're ready. When you're ready, we're here for you. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's bisexual lighting, and you know, does it exist? Does it not exist? Question mark. Uh, you ever you ever seen that show Euphoria? I haven't. You know, I've seen like a half an episode of one. Yeah. And you know, me with episodic, it takes a minute for yeah. me to get around to it. Me Do you too. like it? I've never seen it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was plan, just curious I about watch it. it. I've heard good things, but episodic's one of those funny things where you hear really good stuff about all kinds of content and then you go oh okay it's that's not that good that's usually my experience with right. it too so everybody saying euphoria is good kind of fills me with a little bit of suspicion <laughs> doesn't really mean anything but apparently it's also filled with bisexual lighting so um or at least uh, some examples of such so we'll, that's bisexual lighting um i'm sure there's going to be a lot more of it to come i it, you know people do love a new sort of lighting uh palette yeah and so you know we'll, we'll we're sure to have more examples as we move i mean nicholas winding refn's got to make another movie at some point I mean, right <laughs> maybe maybe um and then here's another one and this is kind of a fun one because this is one that exists in both audio and in video okay and film and so um i'm going to talk about it a little bit today in regards to both but but mostly i'm focusing on audio so before i focus on audio what is headroom yeah well uh, in a photograph um it's the amount of space above you the subject's head right yeah and so when you're talking about composition you know right. visually composition you're talking about the amount of head space that you're giving somebody whether it's enough or too much or not enough what have you and it can really change the weight of a, you know the weight of some, the way something looks on yeah. in the frame et cetera, et cetera. and so it really you know it, it seems pretty in- intuitive that it is the amount of room that you give somebody's head um and or some things had right like a dog um but in audio it is this it is the amount of volume that a channel can take before distorting so headroom is different it's industrial still an industry term but uh-huh. a, a little bit different um so the louder of a sound the less headroom it has okay and, all right uh, that and makes sense yeah that's headroom and that's bisexual lighting and you know this is the pride edition nobody get like funny about you know the headroom thing being maybe like just because of that i wasn't gonna say a word uh anyway pride week it's pride month pride time bisexual lighting (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for listening to side talks we are your own personal cinematic grimes and x a e a 12 (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, just for the listener, before we recorded this outro, Rachel played an interview with Elon Musk to try to figure out the pronunciation of that poor child's name. So, how do you pronounce it? Here's what Musk told Joe Rogan. I mean, it's just X, the letter X. Um, and then the A-E is like pronounced Ash. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So I got it wrong. And then uh, A12, A12 is my contribution. But you didn't. Oh, why A12? Uh, Archangel 12, the precursor to the SY-71. Coolest plane ever. Okay. Yeah, and I, also there, Grimes and Elon Musk disagree on how it's pronounced, so I feel like I can get in here too. Sure, sure. Anyway, <laughs> thanks to Batball Studios. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what to to say. At Sidewalk Film. Uh, at, at Sidewalk Film on on uh, social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and SidewalkFest.com, where you can find all of the information about what's playing at the cinema and the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival in downtown Birmingham this August. Woo! Yep. Woop woop. It's gonna be a good time. Um. And uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. Bye. Bye. Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.